Welcome back to the Extra Trials Football Podcast, the home of alternative football. It's 10 o'clock here, or oh, 20 past 10 actually. It's a Friday night in a very cold Auckland, New Zealand. But joining me on the pod again is the Perth Gooner, who's not actually in Perth this time. He's in the centre of the universe, which is Dubai. Come in, Lyle. Hello everyone, how are we doing? Um, absolute pleasure to be back on the pod again, joining you from sunny Dubai. Um, it's one of those where I'm going to be brutally honest with you, I don't know what day it is, um, I don't know what time of the day it is, but I think it's around 2-3 o'clock over here, um, so no idea what time difference is um, from New Zealand, but sun's out, 34, 35 degrees, um, calling in from the poolside, so yeah, brilliant to be back on. Oh wow, <laughs> what, what are you doing there mate, what are you doing there? Well, it's one of those where I was back in the UK, a um, bit of family, but mainly just sort of following football. Um, so, got the semi-final in for Arsenal against Valencia at home, which was brilliant. So, um, managed to get past them, which was wicked. Um, last home game of the season, unfortunately, we didn't manage to finish in the top four, which was a shame. Um, no St. Tottenham's Day this year, but um, yeah, just like family, friends, football, um, running them up really around London. That's awesome. So, um... Yeah, let's talk about the Europa League. So, so you got tickets for that game, did you? Um, unfortunately, not. So it's one of those where I, I could have got tickets. So I'm an Arsenal member. Um, oh, I mean, sorry, mate. The the Valencia game. So you got tickets for that game? Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah, the Valencia game. Yeah, I got tickets for it, which was wicked, mate. Um, I must admit, it's one of those where I've been to the Emirates loads of times over the years, um, and the atmosphere, rightly so, does get criticised. It can be a little bit sort of quiet, a little bit um, sort of, you know. No one's really standing up, making noise. But it was actually the place was puzzling. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I was in the um, I was in the East Stand upper, um, and everyone was getting right into it. You know, getting stuck in. Um, and there's a bunch of lads now over the Arsenal, um, bunch of youngsters, all like 15 to 21, which are trying to get things going in the block end. So a lot of banter um, between away fans, which is absolutely fantastic. That's awesome. Um, was it was it hard to get tickets for that game? Um, do you know what, mate? No, not really, because, um, like I said, I'm an Arsenal member, yeah. I'm also part of the sports club in Australia, so I've always managed to get to pitch for the game. I've never really had, a, had an issue, but it was crazy. I remember like, I got off Arsenal tube station, um, I was walking down um, Gillespie Road, um, and this dude was trying to flog me a ticket to the game for like 250 quid. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, I've seen these tourists, like, unfortunately, yeah, they went and I bought a ticket for the cup final for 250 quid. I think face value, I paid like 50 quid for it or something. So it's, it's pretty mental and everything. Like obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. some people are paying for tickets over the Arsenal. Um, but even the cup, even like, I don't know if you've heard about it in NZ, but, um, you know, I think there was, uh, I think it was a Tottenham fan who sold his final Champions League for like 2,000, 3,000 quid or something. Wow. It's just bananas, absolutely bananas. Um, but the club are sort of, clubs are clamping down on it. Um, but yeah, like I know a bloke who's a Liverpool fan, and last year he sold his ticket for the final for like three thousand quid or something. Oh, so right. it's, uh, it's crazy what some people pay to, to get to the football, isn't it? I mean, is it worth it though? I don't think so, mate. To be honest with you, um, it's one of those where it's like you know, 
cars a Tottenham fan or a Liverpool fan, as brilliant as it would be, you know, going to Madrid, you could go down the pub, watch it with your mates and all that, and you probably still have a brilliant time too. So, you know, I don't know if 2,000, 3,000 quid for a, for a cup final ticket's worth it. I mean, I know a lad from Australia who's a die-off Tottenham fan, um, and I think he ended up paying like 1,500 quid um, for his ticket. Plus, on top of that, he's got to get out to Madrid and back, which is just mental. So, yeah, yeah. I think... No, it's one of those where if you can't get a ticket through the official channels, you know, go watch it down the pub with your mates or through your local sports club or something, don't support the town. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, what's your thoughts on the allocation then for um, for both Arsenal and Chelsea fans? Um, it's a disgrace, frankly. Um, so like I said, I'm an Arsenal member, so I did get offered a ticket from the club. Um, so we got offered, so I think the stadium hosts 68,000 um and we got offered uh, 6,000 each after Chelsea. Um, but put, put, this in, put this into context for your viewers, like I said earlier, um, you know, you're looking at about 1,000 quid return and flight if you didn't book it early. Um, you know, hotel probably costs you like, you know, um, you know, a couple of hundred quid for a couple of nights or something. But it's just impossible for the fans to get there. Um, now I've got mates which are tired, Arsenal, follow home away, um, friendlies, you know, all over the place. And, and they're going, but it's like, it's just... A, not a nightmare for fans, and it's, an, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace from your absolute disgrace. So, so how much was the ticket then for final? What, what, what did you get off face value? It was cheap. I think it worked out to be about 45, 55 quid. Don't, don't quote me on wow. that. But it, the, the, ticket for the, the ticket for the final was, was quite cheap in Baku. Problem getting over there, like I said, because um, unless you sort of took a gamble when Arsenal got through um, the quarterfinal uh, against Napoli and booked it early, you would have sort of been waiting on results um, out in Spain in the semi-final, and then by the time you got around to book it, they completely jacked up the prices. So, yeah. like I said, you'd be looking at literally like 1,500 quid for like a two or three day trip, which is just mental. It's, you know, about, um, I think that's about 3,200, 3,300 New Zealand dollars or something. You know yeah. I mean? It's just Incredible. So, incredible. so you're in Dubai right now, and uh, you know the finals next. I think next Thursday over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you're not tempted to just you know head over from Dubai because Dubai is not too far away from Azerbaijan. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can yeah, fly direct there. I, I was I was tempted, mate, but I think for me, what's funny is the whole situation with Mkhitaryan. Oh, okay. And also, I'm not sure how much your viewers know about it, but. You know, Mkhitaryan's not even allowed in. Well, they were going to grant him a special visa to get in the country because he's from Armenia and Armenian Azerbaijan currently are in the massive political dispute. But, um, you know, Mkhitaryan was basically told that to go in the country, it's not going to be safe to get in there. So I thought after that, you know, it's not worth not worth the expense and all that. I'll probably uh, I'll sit this one out, which is a shame. <laughs> if it was anywhere else, I probably would have gone. I would have gone, but also, to be fair, I think to get there, um, I would have been back in Australia then and to sort of fly it was something stupid like uh, 2000 Australian dollars return. So just, yeah, just for 90 minutes, right? Yeah, for a rubbish venue as well, mate. Absolute rubbish venue, do you know what I mean? I mean, you look at the geography of it as well, um, and Azerbaijan, it's probably, um, I'd say it's almost closer to Australia than it is to, to the UK. And <laughs> you look at the geography, it's like... Mongolia. I don't know how that makes it into like Europe and stuff. So I'll tell you what, mate. It's not like UEFA. They're not right, are they? Nah. I was, I was explaining this to Jack. So the reason why. Yeah, so the reason. Why, I explained this to Jack the other day. Like, the reason why Azerbaijan got this final is because they're hosting some games in the in the Euros. 
Um, and it's, mm. it's also just to give them uh, sort of a taster or, you know, some practice um, for the Euros. I, I believe they're in the same group as, well, the same host city as Rome, I think. So you, Rome or Milan, I think it is. So you could be playing in Milan or Rome one game, then you have to fly over to Baku for the next game. Yeah, I, I get that, but I don't think it should be on the cards. It's impossible to get there for supporters. And yeah. It's just stupid. So I think the airport can't uh, cope more than like 10,000 visitors in a day or something. So it's like, you know, just imagine if one of the big teams was going over there, like England or Germany or Holland, um, you know, bringing out, say, 30, 20,000 supporters. How are they going to cope with the traffic coming through, yeah. through the airport? Um, what, what was amazed with? What was am- I was amazed with um, with London. You usually, you could fly anywhere from London, but they could. I think there's only one flight per week, like a direct flight to yeah. Baku. Well, I mean, I mean, let's have it right. If you've got the choice of your next holiday destination, are you going to be off to Baku? I don't know, <laughs> so it's one of those where it's like, a, you know, no, no disrespect. It's a lovely country, and I've got mates which actually went over there when Arsenal played. Um, uh, That's right. They played their first game there, didn't they? Oh, connection's gone down. Hold on. All right, we're back after um, some technical difficulties over there in Dubai. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse, mate. It could be in Kazakhstan, which is further in Asia. I know, I know, I know. These are proper, proper destina- holiday destinations, isn't it? Sort of like, you know, top of the roster. Um, <laughs> but, you know, look, it's, you know, look, I'm all, I'm all for in the game. I think it's, you know, fantastic that these sort of countries can, you know, be obviously getting decent quality football. Um, but I think being part of the Europa League is good enough. I mean, Arsenal played out there. Um, you know, I'm sure loads of other teams will play out there over the coming years now that the teams are qualifying for the Europa League. I just don't see why they would put the venue yeah. um, for those sort, of clubs, those sort of clubs, given that, um, you know, I, I just don't understand what UEFA's uh, rationale is, really, because when you think about it, if you've got a final, you're pretty much going to get, what, 15, 20,000 travelling fans for each set of teams. Yet, you know, the airport there and the, the obviously hotels can't even cope with, like, you know, six. Especially when you've got two teams from London, I, I, I honestly thought they would have changed the venue. I mean, play it in Cardiff or somewhere, you know, a neutral ground. Yeah, and, and that's what a lot of people have been saying, whether it's in, you know, sort of the media or on the podcast or the blog, everyone's saying that, um, you know, it should be a little bit like back in the old days. Do you remember when sometimes you'd get like a, um, you know, you get the semi-final of the cup at like Villa Park that's or right. somewhere like that? Um, uh, or like Hillsborough or wherever it was, um, sort of like a midway point or something. Um, and what they should have done is they should have had three or four venues which were ready to go. And then when they drew, drew the semi-finals, seen where the teams are from, and then say, okay, well, where, why can't we do something central? Because it's madness. You've got two London clubs, which if it was anywhere else in like Western or even, you know, sort of middle or Eastern Europe would have probably taken 25, 20,000 each. Um, now they're probably, you know, going to struggle. I, I think our, we've actually only sold out 3,000 of our allocation. I think Chelsea wow. the same. Um, 
and the Arsenal Supporters Trust and the Chelsea Supporters Trust, um, you know, launched a, a joint statement this week, and I've never seen that before. Basically, condemning UEFA um, and the retrospect and the two clubs as well for not doing enough for the supporters. Because um, Arsenal, um, you know, they they were offered I think it was like a subsidised flight, which was like nine hundred and thirty quid, which is a massive piss take. Yeah. How much money would have to bring in? in so, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's awful, mate. Absolutely awful. Um. You you think with the going back to the Mkhita, uh, the Mkhitaryan thing, right? So Mkhitaryan's pretty much been told not to um, to fly to Azerbaijan. You think the two clubs could have you know argued <laughs> and protested to say, well, we need to move this game somewhere else to ensure the safety of not just Mkhitaryan but our, our own players as well. Because if you can't look after one player, how are you meant to look after twenty two on the field? Mate, I, I, I don't mean to slate you for or FIFA, but this is a governing organisation which gave the World Cup Qatar, yeah. where it's going to be played in like the middle of the summer, where it's like 50 degrees. I mean, there's no common sense there. Unfortunately, I think money talks. Um, mm. I think it's one of those where obviously behind closed doors, there's obviously got to be some serious money which is shifting in order to choose that as a as a viable location. Because you know, anyone which has got common sense would, wouldn't have choose it. Yeah, you. you I think pa- the other option. Yeah. You, you, the other options were Spain and Turkey. Spain mm. and Turkey were the other two options, I think. Mate, it's never going to go to Turkey, you know that. Well, of course, because at the moment it's sort of, you know, a bit, I think a bit hostile. <laughs> a little bit, mate. Especially when you've got Iraq and Iran on your border. <laughs> yeah, a few, few issues going on out there. But I think, you know what, overall the loser for this is football. Um, because I think it's a shame for the fans, especially the Arsenal and Chelsea fans, who've sort of gone overland and feeder season on to all sorts of destinations which are a bit off the beaten track and then sort of to chop that for the finals was a bit of an insult but I mean look what can you do it's one of those where you know the, the dice has been rolled it's cast and you know you just got to get on with it um, and I think you know credit to both uh, both teams I don't think they'll let them uh, let it upset them in the build up and all that so yeah just got to wait for the, the game which is next Wednesday night so Thursday your time yeah, yeah so, so what time is that over your then well, so you, you're back in Perth right on the weekend uh, yeah, back in Perth, it's three o'clock kickoff in Australia, or Western Australia, so it's a bit of a bit of a nightmare, mate. But you know, it's one of those where we've got to support the team, uh, crack on with it, really. So yeah, well, I think we're all having a large one for it back in Perth. So um, yeah, no, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, well and truly in the cup final festivities. So I'm looking forward to it. So let's talk about the game itself. So <laughs> how do you see this planning out? Do you reckon what Arsenal's going to turn up? Because that's that's a different, you know. That is the question, really. What type of Arsenal turns up on the day? Yeah, I think it's a good question, mate. It's one of those where it's like, if you look at Arsenal this season, um, certainly that's an improvement from last year in the sense that, you know, we're now turning over the big teams at home um, and sort of getting a few points away from home, which we weren't doing last season. However, I think Emery's left it a little bit too late to find out what his best team is, which is with the two lads of Amor and Lacazette up front. Um, you know, they destroyed Valencia both at home and away in the sense that it's very difficult for a defence to build, you know, um, the pace that Bamiang in behind and then Lacazette who's got that sort of, you know, low centre gravity can come short, get the ball to flick off and obviously, you know, deadly finish. So I think Arsenal will turn up strong. My one concern is the battle in the midfield because I think Chelsea will obviously give us a really good run for our money in the midfield um, and obviously the full-back positions because you've got Hazard who will be cutting in off the left Um and I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles will struggle. What's your thoughts on Chelsea? Because they've they've gone over to America on a. I'm not too, I'm not sure, not too sure what to call it a pre-season tour or end of season tour. Um, 
they've, they've played a few games there uh, for charity, I think they were. And they've they've had a key injury. Um, Loftus Cheek is out yeah, for a while. Out, yeah. what, what's your thoughts yeah, on that? Because they, they, they play a pretty strong yeah. team for those two games. So it's an interesting one. I think, to be brutally honest with you, Chelsea's a, it's classic Chelsea. They probably um, shouldn't have got rid of Conte. If I'm honest with you. The geezer won the League Cup, then the FA Cup the season after. Um, got sacked and sort of thinks yourself, well, what's going on there? And this season, they sort of been all over the place if I'm honest with you yeah. um, and they've got a transfer embargo next year looks like Hazard wants out um, but in terms of the squad I mean look they've got some quality players in there you know you've got your, your Higuain you've got your Hazard um, you know, Jorginho you've got you know, Pedro William they've got quality in there um, but again I think the same with Arsenal is like what Chelsea team's going to turn up because we've seen them this year in the league they've been so erratic um, so uh, I think Chelsea will give it a good crap but I think a lot of it depends on what Eden Hazard turns up um, you know if Eden Hazard's up for it and turns up I think Arsenal will struggle but if he doesn't fancy it then I can't see Chelsea getting over the line personally yeah well Hazard he's not, he, well, I think he's playing for himself isn't he <laughs> he wants that Real Madrid move <laughs> So, oh, well, it really depends on this game because obviously Arsenal have to win, right? Because the aim of the game is to get into the Champions League. Um, you know, well, obviously Arsenal fans are hungry for the win, but are the players up yeah. for it? That's a good question. And do you know what? If you'd asked me that before the Valencia games, I would have said no based on their last couple of home performances, <laughs> which was absolutely diabolical. However... I think they show in those champs uh, in the Europa League game home and away um, that they are up for it and they are willing to, to fight for it. So I think we'll definitely turn up firing. Um, I think for us it all comes down to the form of Aubameyang and Lacazette and they have been in, in great nick. So if, if Aubameyang and Lacazette score goals in that final, we win. Simple as that. If Chelsea can keep them quiet, then I think we'll struggle because then you sort of say, well, where's the goals going to come from? <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no Ramsey. Ramsey's done. So that's, you know, he's been a brilliant player for us in cup finals. So, you know, and in Napoli, he's obviously scored the, uh, the opening goal there. Um, so I think it was the opening goal, wasn't it, against Napoli at home? Pretty sure it was the opening goal. Yeah. Um, or scored one of the goals anyway. Um, so he, he's out. Um, you know, and then you look at, well, who's going to, who's going to, you know, Mkhitaryan's not there either. He's <laughs> come up with a goal. Um, so between what, Windozi, Terraria, Shaka, you wouldn't put them down as first goal scorer, would you, in the bookies? So, uh, um, a Wobi, mate, a Wobi. When he's not on, uh, yeah, when he's not on any, anyway, I won't, I won't go there. I won't be all over the shop. Um, I think it's one of those, mate. Again, um, you know, if a Bamiang and Lacazette don't fire for Arsenal, then I, I can't see us winning. So it is the games that evenly put points because Chelsea need Hazard to turn up, and then obviously we need Arsenal strikers to turn up. So 
um, it's going to be a, a cracker, mate. Absolute cracker. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good start to the week, or well, end of the week. If you, well, depending where you are in the, in the world. Um, yeah. Of course, it's the curtain raiser to the big one, which is on the weekend for us. Yep. Um, yep. Last time you were on, I did say that there might be a chance the Spurs get to the final, and they well, they have. <laughs> I called it, Jimbo. Jimbo, I called it. I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. Good point, mate. Uh, for me, I think it's Lorente. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've often called him world class. <laughs> yeah. in, in the Swansea shirt, he was world class. Honestly, mate, if you watch that IX game again, he literally changed the game. He didn't score, but he, he they they played a different style of football when Lorente was on because they knew they could hoof it up up top and he's going to get a touch on there and he's going to he's going to either lay it off to someone or get a, a flick and you know um Lorente I like I, for me I think he's probably more important than Kane right now because Kane what he's coming from injury isn't he so um oh, definitely mate look I watched the game I watched the game so yeah. I was in um, in Spain at Spain at the time oh that's right yeah in a, in, a, in a bar there and let me just shot this at half time Tottenham were going out of the game they were they're going out of the cup sorry they're going out of the cup yeah um, done which was an absolute masterstroke is he's brought on uh, Lorente in the second half um, and what he's done is he's taken the two centre half out of the game allowed space in behind or sorry space for Lucas Moura and then obviously you like the Suns to get in behind and all that so um, absolute masterstroke mate um, you know props to Pochettino because a lot of them I think Lorente is unsung hero he won them he won them the cup final, uh, the cup semi-final in my opinion so yeah. he, he, was, he was awesome Absolutely awesome because until then, I actually dealing with Tottenham comfortably because obviously you had the likes of Mura, Lucas Moura was obviously leading the line and all that, but you just weren't really threatening um, Ajax defence. And then you know, Lorenzo game changer. Yeah, mate, he's a he's a he's a winner, mate. <laughs> he's won the World Cup. <laughs> it, 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 can't take it away from him, can you? He's got that on the CV. So yeah. that anyone says I was I was telling Jack um, on the last pod, and I said, I, you know, I'm not going to rule Spurs out. I think they got a good chance against Liverpool. I think you're right, mate. Yeah. To be honest with you, I was hope, I was hoping it was going to be an Ajax Barcelona final. I mean, what a story that would have been. I think the average age of the Ajax team was like 22, yeah. 21, 23, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, you know, knocked out Real Madrid, knocked out Juventus. I mean, it would have been a quality, a bit of quality final if they'd made it against the likes of Barcelona. Mm. Um, we've obviously spent, you know, mega bucks over the last, you know, three, four seasons, but wasn't to be. Um, and I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie to you because with Liverpool, um, Klopp doesn't perform in finals. Um, you know, Liverpool fans probably won't like me saying that. But yeah. Um, I think this is his fourth cup final. Uh, for Liverpool, and he's lost the other three, isn't he? So, well, yeah, and he, he's uh, lost a few with Dortmund as well, hasn't he? So, 
Yeah, I said that, I said that to Jack the other day. I said I'm not I'm not saying Klopp should get the sack if he doesn't if he doesn't win, but I mean I mean how close can you come to these, you know, titles, uh these trophies and not win, you know what I mean? Like the the aim of the game of football is to win stuff. You, you don't get anything for finish, finishing second, you know? Um you have you have to get over the line eventually. Yeah, I know, and it reminds me a lot of Newcastle in the um in the late 90s, early 2000s, and I don't think that's obviously best Liverpool comparing them to Newcastle. <laughs> but I suppose the reason why I say that is that um, you know Newcastle should have won the league under Keegan and yeah. bottled it, um, and then you know had opportunities. They were in a cup fight. Cup, I think they're in the cup, the cup finals actually. Yeah, they um, they they're in the FA Cup a few times. Yeah, they played us in '98 um, at Wembley. Um, didn't get over the line there. Had opportunities in the old Jamaica Cup. Um, and yeah, I think it's one of them where obviously um, Liverpool don't win this one. It's hard for the players. I mean, that's it's one of those where it's like you know that's a long, a long off season because you look at yourself and think, well, you know, we could have won the league and the Champions League. Um, yeah. And, you know, those opportunities don't come out every day, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of yeah, it'd be interesting this one, mate. I'm really looking forward to this final. Really looking forward to it. I mean, I mean, I mean, both finals are exciting. Um, Purely because they're both, you know, four of them are English clubs, and it's the first time ever that one nation's, you know, had a team in both finals. So it's a it's a good achievement for the league. Um, I wouldn't say the Premier League is sort of getting stronger again. I think I think that some of the top teams in Europe have just had a bad season. I guess you know Juventus, Real Madrid, um, they've not been on the on the ball. If you get me, so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah, call. I, mean, I wouldn't call it a new dawn right. for English football, but I mean, it's it's a good sign. I think you're right. However, the one thing I would say is that you can't deny the fact that the Premier League has got two top quality managers. Yeah, arguably three. Two two, two world class managers, arguably three in Guardiola, Klopp, and then potentially an argument with Pochettino, although he ain't won anything, but neither has Klopp either. <laughs> I think there, there is, there is there, you could definitely say uh, Guardiola's world class. Yeah. What he's done to Liverpool. I mean, look, two Champions League finals in a row, I mean, that's, no, that's not an easy thing to see, is it? So, I think what I would say is, I think you're right, I think Real Madrid, obviously, you know, that great squad they have has sort of fallen, fallen away a bit, um, and a lot of the players got older. Same as Barcelona, um, never recovered from losing Xavi, um, Yester, um, you know, Carlos Puyol, um, but let's have it right. I think it's not so much about the talent which has come in Premier League because I don't think there's been any you know, amazing talent which is coming and totally taking your breath away in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Before they were in the Premier League, you thought, oh, amazing players. I mean, like Salah when he came across the Premier League, um, you know, he sort of was all right at Roma, but no one was saying, oh, you know, he's going to be the next big thing. Bamiyang, yes, he did all right at Dortmund, but again, I don't think he's quite in, in the same league as some of the signings which the Spanish teams have made. Um, or Italians, you know, obviously Barcelona bringing in Suarez, Coutinho, um, you know, uh, Juventus bringing in Ronaldo. I don't think there's been a, a like for like in terms of in the Premier League. Um, so I think credit has to be given to those managers who've done wonders. 
No, I, mean, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's an interesting time. I mean, do you remember the last time? Um, oh, what was that now? The last time... Oh, yeah, do you remember the last final? Uh, the All-English final in the Champions League? I do, mate, I do. That was, um, that was some game. That was some game. Obviously, it was for the viewers, which can't remember. It was... 2007-8 season, which was United-Chelsea in Moscow. That's right. Um, and that was an incredible final, obviously. In my opinion, I actually think, I've got to say this quite quietly, because I know there's a lot of Man United fans down this resort, I'm saying, I'm saying uh, I actually think Chelsea should have won that. What, um, yeah, John Terry slip? Yeah, but Drogba got sent off as well. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I think... You know, United, obviously, did, and Ronaldo missed the pen as well. Let's have that right. Yeah. So Ronaldo missed the penalty. Um, uh, yeah, I actually, I mean, obviously, Chelsea's done the unbelievable a couple of years later when they, they won it um, against Bayern Munich. That's in right. Munich, I think it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, t- talking about Drogba, I saw a, um, with Drogba, I saw, I saw an interesting stat. He scored um, something like in 10 finals. Oh, I'm sorry, it might be, 11 finals he played in, right? I'm not sure, but in his Chelsea career, I guess. And he scored 10 goals, I think, in those 11 yeah, finals. But it's he, something like he only lost one ever final, and that was the final. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. And I think he might... We need to fact check this, but I think he might be one of the top scorers in the FA Cup in the final. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is, because he's the bang him in, in the Cup finals for Chelsea, at, um, obviously, Wembley. He might have played him on at Cardiff. Yeah, he must have played him on at Cardiff as well, actually. I remember um, he scored against he, he, scored, he scored against Pompey twice, I think, in FA Cup finals. And then he, he, he beat United Everton as well. As well, I think he scored against Everton as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely think I'm. Yeah, no, I definitely think he scored against Everton as well. I will have to fact check it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll get Statman's stats. Sam onto it. <laughs> we will, mate. We will. He, he, he's proper Chelsea, and he'll know all about that. So, um, yeah, we'll get Statman, Statman Sam onto it. Um, let's go back to Arsenal. So, um, I'm sure you've seen the photo of the leaked, uh, the leaked kit from uh, from next year uh, with uh, what's his name, Abamian and Lacazette. Laka, yeah. 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 What's, what's your thoughts, mate? Like what's your thoughts? I was at Arsenal. I was at the Emirates last. Friday, I went on the Legends Tour um, and went on the tour with Charlie George, who's a proper old-school Arsenal legend, um, a local lad ball in the area. And we were talking about the fact that Arsenal need to bring out more yellow away kits because I think over the last 10 or so years, we might have had three or four yellow away kits. So it's nice of proper yellow away kit. And I think the home kit really takes the cake. That is unbelievable. That is an unbelievable kit. Um, obviously, the you know it's, it's got that old school look about it, but obviously new school in terms. Of it's got like the fit and everything like that. I'm I'm, I'm buzzing for it. I think you know, the home kit's definitely a nine out of ten, and I'll give it away like a seven, eight out of ten. So I'm unhappy. I love the collar on the home kit. Very retro. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It reminds me a lot of the Arsenal kit around sort of you know, the '91 Arsenal kit. Oh, Adidas. Yeah, if you Google that, yeah. it's exactly the same when I, when Arsenal won the league in uh, 1990, 1991. That's uh, right. George Graham, it, it, it looks almost identical because I've got a lot of mates who've got that particular kit, whether it was handed down from their old man or, you know, 
know, older cousins or whatever, and it, yeah, that is, it's almost identical. It's beautiful, mate. Piece, piece of art. Piece of art. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of art, uh, the bruised banana. <laughs> oh mate, the bruised. Do you know what the bruised banana is? One of those I think is a bit like. Um, do you remember the Ni- uh, Nigerian kit from the yep. last World Cup? Yeah. It's one of those kits which every now and again they get it right, and it's incredible. Um, and I think the biggest problem with a lot of the football kits now, and obviously you know your football kit collector, Eddie, I've got a few knocking about at home. Is that they just try and pump out so many different kits and they don't really put any thought into it. Um, and every once in a while they get it right. Like I thought the Everton home kit from last season was beautiful with Umbro. Yeah. Sort of the old school, sort of the, the white um, white band around the sleeve um, and also around the collar as well. I thought that was beautiful as well. But yeah. Every once in a while these kit, these kit companies do get it right. But to be honest with you, most of the time the new, school, the new kits are rubbish, mate. Absolute rubbish. I, I just like the... Um, I've, I, I've seen a trend in the kits we've seen so far for next season. And I think they're trying to bring back the 90s, if you get me. Definitely, because I think it's one of those where it's like, obviously, if you're into your football kits, you'd arguably say that if you like the vintage look, you probably go 70s to 70s. Yeah. Time was very minimalistic. You know, a lot of it, it was, you know, just a badge. And then obviously you'd have a very simple shirt, um, you know, no sort of block colours. But if you're really into your football kits and you like the retro stuff, it has to be sort of mid to late 80s, early to mid 90s, because some of the stuff coming out then was just different gravy. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, if we talk about Arsenal kits, um, yeah, I mean, the Bruce Banana is probably the... is, is up there um, in terms of price. <laughs> I, I, I often look at eBay, right? And they're, they're going for about £300. Incredible. I know a couple of people which had the Bruce Bananas. You know, one's an old school Buna mate of mine. Obviously, bought it back in the day. Um, and then got a, actually, I've got a couple of mates of mine who are sort of my my vintage, um, and sort of they bought the kit recently. And I think they've stumped up, you know, around 150, 200 quid, yeah. which is unbelievable, unbelievable. So I think there's definitely be a, a, a money to be made if they were to recreate that kit. Um, rather that. So I mean, I think you think you think the. Um... Well, I like the away kit that's coming. It looks nice. It's yellow. Um, but you you think they'd make a remake, you know, just to, like, cash in on that, you know? I think as well, though, let's have it right. So you've got to put your business brain on front, right? You're not going to give the people what they want first up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to reel them in, bring out a nice home kit, decent away kit. Because what is it? It's like a three, four-year deal. So you're never going to get what you want up front straight away. So it's always going to be one of those where there's going to be a bit of time so I think they definitely will drop one but it's just a question of when because obviously they want to ensure you know that they're obviously over the course of the deal making the revenue yeah I mean talking about classic kits um, I think for most fans like myself it's all about nostalgia right but it's also a story like um, for for me for Swansea right it's it's hard to get any kits from the Nicees because obviously it's a small club there's not many kits out there in the market anyway compared to what an Arsenal or United. So to get any kit from the 90s is very rare. Um, but the kit that I love is the orange one I've got. So it's the orange gold kit, right? From, I think it's 93. Yep. And the story behind that is Swansea, Cardiff, I think it was, uh, oh, what was it called then? Littlewoods Cup. You know, the, the John's... Yeah, the Littlewoods Cup. Yeah, that's yep. it, that's it, right. Yep. What's it called now? What's that? The League Trophy. The League Cup. So basically, it was the Littlewoods Cup. Oh yes. I think it became the, 
become the either the Milk Cup or the Worthington Cup, then the Carling Cup. Which oh, yeah, so it's the League Cup now, then? It's the League Cup, yeah. Okay, yeah. so... Now it's the Capital One, is that what they call it? Cup oh, okay. Cup. I can't keep up, but... So we, yeah. we, we, played, we played Cardiff and Indian Park in that orange kit, and I think what happened was we went up like 2-1, but the game got abandoned. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, weather. Yeah, so then, uh, no, it wasn't the weather, mate. It was the Cardiff, the uh, throwing flares and stuff. So what happened was the, the, that game got abandoned and the replay was played behind closed doors. Um, wow. So that, that's the story there. It's no, no success or anything. It's just a, a, the game that we played the wake at uh, in the snow, I think it was in, ju- in January, um, against the scam, <laughs> got abandoned. And to be fair, like a lot of games, Cardiff Swansea in the nineties were were abandoned. It was, that was kind of rare for football, uh, especially yeah, in the UK. Definitely not. Um, and well, also, also but behind closed yeah. doors, so no home fan, no away fans. So, well, uh, I, well it won't happen next year or <laughs> well, next season. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted. I'm very tempted to go back. Oh, you would be. You would be. That's going to be some game, mate. I tell you that. Because um, look, I mean, I don't want to say cheap point scoring, but I think a lot of the clubs which are in the championship sort of, you know, fancy themselves. Cardiff's probably one of those. Um, now they think, yeah, they'll come back up, and it will sort of. You do, know, you re- do you reckon? And then, yeah, because look, look at no. What frustrated me is they were complaining about referee decisions. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. You can't be complaining about referee decisions. You've got to be good enough that you can stay up without the referee. I, I don't think they can claim that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Did you see them on the last day where they were basically singing about how the referee got them relegated? That's rubbish. I mean, that is rubbish. To be fair, in their defence, right, um, the game against Chelsea at home, they should have won that one. Um, they, yeah, they they got done over there. And the thing is, right, if they if they if they beat Chelsea that game, I mean, if you look at the table now, they'd be safe. Brighton would have gone down. Yeah, but over, yeah, sure. Over the course of thirty-eight game season, you can't. No, you're right. Blame the can't blame the referee in the sense that um, you know there's got to be, especially to stay in the league. Um, you know, I mean, I think they finished on what like thirty-two points, something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, there's been teams that have been relegated off 37, 38 points. Come on. Hey, hey, mate, it's the highest ever finish, right? And highest ever tally, so uh, we'll give it to them. I mean, come back back to me when you've done eight seasons in the league, win the League Cup, and uh, play in Europe, and beat Valencia away 3-0. The short short story is they weren't good enough, and that's it. I'm sorry for all the Cardiff fans out there. Please don't post my address on here publicly, but look, they weren't good enough. Um, we were talking about uh, the, um, the EFL um, on the last pod and um, beginning of the season back on the old uh, YouTube days I uh, we were talking about we are talking about Leeds United and their chances going up and I, I said all along that uh, Marcelo Belsa would implode like Leeds would implode um, but to be fair to be fair Leeds did quite well throughout the whole season but when it mattered the most they, they they bottled it <laughs> as Leeds do, right? I watched, I, watched, I watched the second leg of the semi-final. Yeah. Um, in a pub round Kings Kings Cross in London, and it was just unbelievable in the sense that um, so Leeds went into the game um, one up on aggregate. Um, Derby scored early. 
um, Leeds then brought it back and then Leeds it was almost comical um, did you, have you watched the game? yeah mate I watched it it, it was almost comical where this player's been fouled right he's already on a second yellow um, he, he's been fouled the referee plays on he then turns the ball over he doesn't just hack down one derby player hacks down two derby players then gets sent off and literally like within 10 minutes Derby scored the winner at Ellen Road and I mean yeah it's just going to be some some playoff final Villa against Derby I mean personally I sort of hope Villa come back up because I think they were unlucky to go down in the first place the sort of combination of bad players management and sort of a silent owner but mm. I'd love to see Villa come back up well they missed out last year didn't they they lost to Fulham in the final yeah, I mean, look, Fulham, unfortunate story there. I mean, they were quality in the championship, but I think they come up for the premiership. Um, you know, uh, really good mates of mine at Fulham season ticket holders, die-hard Fulham fans. And I just think it's one of those where they spent the money but on the wrong players because they spent like 100 or million quid. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of a bit gutted for Fulham, but it's great away day out down at Craven Cottage. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I, I think it's, again, you know, they spent the wrong money on the wrong players and that's the nah. story of a lot of clubs in the premiership. Mate, mate, I've always said it, mate. Once they got rid of that Michael Jackson statue, they were buggered. <laughs> yeah, they didn't stand a chance. Do you know, like they got, they actually got relegated that season when they got when they got rid of um rid of uh, Wacko Jacko. <laughs> yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's cursed, mate. It's cursed them. Do you know what? If you're on a good thing, keep it going, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's changed it, and they ain't really been the same have they since uh, they got rid of uh, yeah, the old statue and yeah yeah mate there you go mate football's a rough game in it football's a rough game it is mate um oh we were talking about this the other day um what's your thoughts on ex-players that recently retired and they walk into a really cushy job so look for example Frank Lampard he's gone to Derby um Steven Gerrard's gone to Rangers they they're getting all this credit right, and all this hype, but one guy that hasn't gotten anything in the media is Sol Campbell. So Sol Campbell, uh, manager of Macclesfield Town, he's kept them up in the football league uh, on, a, on a not even a shoestring budget, like literally no budget. He's kept them up. Um, I've not heard anything in the media about him being nominated for any manager of the year. You know, for me, he's manager of the year because. He, he he could have gone to anywhere, right? But he started from the bottom. Um, I, I, agree, I agree. I agree. You know, I reckon. I reckon, I'm, I'm not saying he should get a, be, a bigger job, but I mean, if a bigger job comes around, I mean, he should be uh, at least interviewed for it if he wants another job. Um, you know, for me, I think you have to start from the bottom. You can't just walk into a, a championship club that has a lot of money. Um, Frank Lampard, he's lucky with the, the loan players he's brought in uh, due to his contacts. Um, Yeah. Honest with you, is I don't think that there has been an English manager in the last 10 years, a young English, 10, 15 years actually, um, who's come through the ranks and won a major trophy. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't. I, I can think. I can think of one, but it's not. It's not a major trophy. So, you could say. Who's that? You could say Graham Potter in um, Sweden. No, but I'm just talking about in England. In England, uh, in England. Oh, I can't think of anyone. I mean, there's there's a two twin. Harry, 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 Harry won the cup. So Harry won the cup. Yeah. Well and truly established manager right then. Um, and I think I'll go a step further. And Sir Alex Ferguson. 
with the exception of Tim Sherwood, yeah. who got the Tottenham, Tottenham job by pure chance in the sense that I think he was the assistant manager and then took it over. I don't think there has been a British manager even, or no, sorry, an English manager in the last uh, 10 years who sort of 10, 15 years young English manager who's done well. And I think the core of it is exactly what you said. I mean, they start, they don't start from the bottom. A lot of them, you know, what the assistant manager role or whatever it is at a top Premier League club. And I think, um, yeah, it's a bit of a disgrace, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, and I think everyone's, get, everyone's getting hyped up about Southgate. Let's have it right. I don't, I, I'm, I'm England through and through. Love, love, love the national team. But who did they play in the World Cup? As soon as we came up against decent opposition we got done by Belgium twice and Croatia once so I don't really think you can big him up either no you're right mate so you know you've got to be honest with where you're at it's, uh, it's one of them you can't you can't you can't big it up you've got to be honest with where you're at um, I was trying to find the last English manager to win the league can you think of one the last the last English manager to win the league Oh, I've got the I've got the answer, but I'll, I'll give you a I'll give you a clue. So it's actually before the Premier League. I was going to say no. So it wasn't in the Premier League. No, it Where wasn't. I think it might have been. No, because um, the managers who won the Premier League, which are British, I'm pretty sure it's only um, Sir Alex Ferguson. And yep. Didn't Kenny win it at um, Blackburn Rovers? Yeah. So to answer that question, is it Leeds United? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, eighty nine, ninety. Oh, sorry, sorry, ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right because I have heard that one before in like a pub pub trivia sort of um, thing. So yeah, no, that sounds sounds about right. That that's crazy. You got to remember. Yeah, it is crazy, but I think you know it is what it is, and I think until English managers get the chip off their shoulder and do what Sol Campbell has done, which is start from the bottom. I just can't see it changing because a lot of them haven't served a proper apprenticeship somewhere where they've done like say um, three. I mean, actually no, I'll take that back. I think Eddie Howe's outstanding in terms of what he's done. So I think he's fair play to Eddie. Um, obviously, he started from the bottom and he's worked his way up into the Premier League. But I think a lot of them just, you know, like Gary Neville, for example, think they can just walk into Valencia and get their ass kicked out of there after two, three months. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like... um, that was amazing knowledge there. Could you could you guess? Who was the English? Well, the last English manager to win the FA Cup. It was must be Harry. Harry Redknapp, two thousand and seven, eight with Pompey. Oh, did, oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Oh, that well, that wasn't too hard. Has to be Pompey. Um, I can't think of anyone since. Ah. Oh. Got Villa to the cup. Sherwood got Villa to the cup final when we played them in twenty fifteen. So yeah. Them, but I had to be Harry with Pompey. I, I I actually forgot about that one because I, I was thinking um uh, jo- uh do you, I'm not sure if you remember him but Joe Royal from Everton so Everton oh, be no oh, this is before my time as well but I know aha uh-huh, I, I heard this was a quiz the other day Everton beat United in ninety four ninety five mm. uh, that that was that was, I would pick that one but yeah Harry um yeah they beat Cardiff didn't they. Pompey. They did, they did at Wembley, yeah. Yeah, uh, Carnu scored. Yes, they did, yeah. It was um, a great great story for Pompey, actually. Um, and I feel really sorry for their supporters because it sort of went downhill after that. Um, obviously, I don't even know where they are now, probably like League One or League Two. Uh, yeah, they, they missed yeah. out on playoffs. Well, they got they got to the playoff semi-final and lost. 
Uh, a young, uh, uh, what, uh, a young, fresh uh, Aaron Ramsey playing that final as well. Did yeah, yeah. Did, did indeed, did indeed. Didn't last long at Cardiff after that. Went to greener pastures, do. <laughs> um, rest history now for the Avengers. Like, right, right, he was close to signing for United. He was very close. Oh, he wasn't done, was he? He realised that obviously he's signing for a better club in Arsenal. Um, and obviously had more chance of coming through the ranks, which is what he's done, to be fair, you know, he's probably been arguably uh, one of the better British players over the last yeah. five years, maybe. Um, you know, I think he's not really got the plaudits he deserves. If he was English, I mean, that'd be hell. Yeah. I'm talking about him with those for, for me, mate, I think he's probably been our best Welsh player in the last decade. I mean, I love Gareth Bell, don't get me wrong, but he's, Rambo's done it consistently. I think both 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 Bale and Rambo have had injuries, right? But Rambo to get in the Arsenal team at the time, you know, it was very hard for him to get into that team. Um, he's been there. Um, he's won FA Cups as well, scored in FA Cup finals. It's been a barren spell for for Arsenal as well. So it's sort of like when you compare the two together, could Bale have done that at Spurs? I don't think he could have. No chance. Nah. So for me, Rambo's probably the better Welsh player, but. We'll see what he does in Italy. I think. He, I think. Well, he's due to win some trophies there. I hope he. I hope he does because there's nothing worse seeing a good player go abroad and not win anything. Because there's plenty of players have gone to play for Barcelona, Real Madrid, not won anything. Like look at Lineker, you know, at Barca, didn't really win much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I guess a vic- Yeah, he's a victim of his own success, mate, in the sense that. Because he is versatile, he can play behind the striker, he can play off the right, he can play, you know, deep in the midfield. Um, I think he could even play right back if he really needed to. Um, he don't really get the plaudits he deserves um, because, again, he's sort of like those versatile sort of jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, I don't think anyone, including himself, really knows what his best position is. So, yeah, um, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he, I think he's good in the pocket. I, I never rated him. Uh, as a holding midfielder, I don't think that is his position. But with Juventus, we'd uh, be interesting where he plays there because I think I think he'll get in that team ahead of Pjanic. I think he would. I think so. I always say this: Ramsey played his best football under Arsenal behind the striker. Yeah. Um, so just roaming forward, scoring goals. That's when he plays his best football. So as the manager, you've got to try and sort him in there. But it's hard because he's not as creative as like a Mesut Ozil type player but what he does is when he gets the opportunities he's a goal scorer so um, I think for me he's got to play behind the striker if you want to get the most out of him yeah I mean <laughs> Lacazette and Aubameyang they're good players but I mean imagine playing behind Ronaldo and Dybala <laughs> yeah I think you're right I think as well it's one of those where sort of a lot of times Ramsey I'm sorry Arsenal Ramsey was expected to sort of come up with a good um, in the game which he did it's fair place for the lads but you've you sort of just play your game you don't need to worry about those things so I think fair place for them. I think it'll probably all going well touch would go to a different level mate yeah yeah I, I can't wait mate I can't wait I know Bale got a lot of stick but I mean look he won it all didn't he uh, you know yeah. three champions four champions I mean that's just you know, nothing do you, do you know what um, I've heard this rumour and Bale apparently grew up as an Arsenal fan yeah, I saw that Sky Sports thing, or it might have been BT, where it was like, choose your shirt, 
they, they were going through all the shirts they had when they were youngsters, and obviously had a Ryan Giggs shirt, and he was a sort of well-tracked. Um, um, I mean, we, we, we've all had a Ryan Giggs shirt. <laughs> I didn't. Um, anyway, so, yeah, uh, no, uh, um, no, but I think he loves, like you said, in that um, thing, like, with, like, I think I'm a bit or something like that, like, he loves Jerry on Reed as well, like those sort of plays, he's just like watching and stuff, which is understandable, like, I think, you know, he's sort of, you know, got that sort of similar thing to Jerry on Reed where he can get the ball within his own arse and just put his head down and motor and then score a worldie, so, no, I totally get that. Do you think, um, well, He's obviously leaving Real Madrid. I'm not sure he's got the choice. Well, I don't think he has a choice to stay. But um, United have been the favourites to sign him. But I don't think you know, I don't think United are interested anymore. Um, I don't think he'll take a pay cut to go to Spurs. I really don't think so. So you can rule out Chelsea because they can't sign anyone. So the next logical choice would be Arsenal. But I mean, do Arsenal need Bale or a player like Bale to come in, or whether Arsenal just focus on the defence? Yeah, I don't think I can call it, mate. I'm honest with you. I really don't think I can, can call that one. Um, I just don't know. If, obviously, I thought Aston Sol Campbell coming got uh, Arsenal from Tottenham. I don't know if they would want to put himself through that. Um, what I would say is that United would have been the easy fit for him coming back to the Premier League. Yeah. Um, given they probably could have paid him what he wanted, but. Uh, would he go to Tottenham? I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to offer him what he's on now, which is three fifty four hundred odd bags a week. So I, I don't know. I can't, can't really call it, mate. And I don't know if Arsenal will come out that sort of money either. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a, a swap deal for Mustafi. <laughs> mate, that sounds perfect to me. When, when can we sign? <laughs> <laughs> out on the first flight to uh, Spain tonight. <laughs> you drive him out yourself, eh? <laughs> yeah, I would do, I would do easily. No, no, no questions there, mate. No questions there. I'll pay for the flight. Business class, send him out. Bang, get it done. Well, on the last pod, um, I, I spoke to Jack about um, what players he would sign, um, and he would he, he's named some, you know, big names: uh, Kula Bali, uh, Umtiti. I'm, I'm not sure if Arsenal uh, <laughs> have got the money for that. But one name I suggested, um, off the mic actually, was Vertonghen, because I think he's on a free now. Again, I, I think he's a brilliant player, but, you know, Tottenham players come to Arsenal or, or vice versa, it doesn't work well, mate. So, again, you know, I think he's a great centre But, I mean, for the lad's sake, you know, it'd be a great move for him, but I just don't know if he'd be willing to cop the stick. Do you reckon? I mean, he's better than Mustafi. Mate, oh, absolutely, he's better, but it's one of those where it's like, you think like, you know, with, with what happened with, with Seoul and everything, you set a precedent, doesn't it? Like, yeah. would you really want to get, and even like Adi Bior and Dallas got a lot of stick as well, would you really want to put yourself through that in your family? I don't know, mate, it's, that was different, like, the Sol Campbell stuff is just, you know. Yeah, I know. It worked out well, though, for Seoul, though. It worked out well. It did, he did, but he still had to live with that for the rest of his career, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's right, but it's just it is what it is sort of thing. So, but, um, yeah, it's been pretty mental. All good. So, um, you're off to Australia, or back home this week? Yep, back to back to Australia, mate. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can get across in the, in the cup final um, in Chelsea. But um, now, football's a funny game, mate. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, it's one where 
know, sometimes these things can come to another lottery, innit? It can be like a penalty or something like that. So, yeah. fingers crossed we can get over the line, but um, I'm not really sure. But, you know, my heart says we'll do it. What if you don't? What what happens if you don't do it? Like, what's gonna? Uh, you're not gonna get rid of Emery, of course, but I mean, it's gonna be a difficult, difficult summer if you don't win it. Um, yeah, look, it's a great question. We need to do it. I, I can't even think about that. We need the money from the Champions League. So, um, if, we, if we don't get in there, then we've got to do what I've been saying for a long time, which is stop trying to buy top end or so not top end, but like mediocre foreign talent. Start buying local lads. Um, and people from within the Premier League sort of what Liverpool done mm-hmm. like, getting in players like, like Mane they got in Oxlade Chamberlain they got in Robertson they got in Van Dijk um, got in Milner now we need players to boot bolster the squad so now there's no reason why we uh, couldn't go out and get like a um, you know like uh, Dunk who's at Brighton and Ove Albion Diop West Ham even like uh, Antonio at West Ham which these squad players are going to give 100% mate yeah Oh, good, mate. Um, I, I know your phone's probably dying over there in Dubai for for the heat. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, I, haven't, did... I, haven't, I, I haven't, haven't got long left, mate. I haven't got long left. Okay, mate. So, uh, final words? Let's do a score prediction for the two finals. Okay. I think Liverpool, Liverpool beat Tottenham on a go 3-1. Oh, yeah. And I think Arsenal beat Chelsea 2-1. And, listen, and I'm going to go even one, one step further. I put Aubameyang down as first goal scorer for Arsenal, and then I reckon Hazard will score for Chelsea. Oh. Arsenal win two one. Okay. Interesting. Um, for, uh, yeah, for me, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going for penalties in both games. Really? Okay. Fair play. Uh, I think Arsenal will do it. Um, I think Spurs will win the final. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bend, both are bends. But, um, yeah, mate, that's, that's going to give me a sleepless night tonight, what you've just said there. So, um, <laughs> it's, okay. Liv- it's Liverpool's final to lose. I- I'll say it there. It's fi- it's- if they have a dodgy, de- uh, you know, a bad day, then it's theirs to lose, I think. Liverpool. Um, Arsenal are a cup team, you know, so, I mean, I mean, I, I-, I think Arsenal will win. Um, Hopefully it's not in penalties <laughs> for your sake and Jack's sake, but anyway. No, mate, that's, that's too much, mate. That's too much. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. I think definitely Liverpool's final to, to lose. Um, I think Arsenal can do the business, but the right Arsenal needs to turn up. Um, but once again, been an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Um, wish all your viewers around the world and New Zealand all the best. Um, and yeah. Look forward to next time, mate. You take care of yourself. Awesome, mate. Well, look after yourself. Have a, uh, a safe trip back home to Perth. And, uh, yeah, good luck for the final next week, mate. Brilliant, mate. I'll try not to make any headlines out of you, Dubai. Take care. Well, that was another fantastic chat with my good friend, Lyle Stewart, a.k.a. the Perth Gooner. It's always great to have him on the show. He's very insightful and has massive amounts of knowledge on the beautiful game. And like many Gooners out there, he's very excited about next week's Europa League final. I do apologise if the sound wasn't great at times. Uh, Bear in mind that Lyle was calling all the way from Dubai of all places. If you listen to this, wherever you are in the world, and like to get your opinions across, please get in touch with us through our Instagram page. It'd be great to actually hear the thoughts of Chelsea, Liverpool and even Spurs fans before next week's finals. 
As always, make sure to like and subscribe to all our social media platforms. And from a cold and windy Auckland, New Zealand, good night. Kakitano, nostar.